0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Stone Builders Hour with Pastor Gary. That's me and my lovely wife, Elder J.C. Montgomery. We are in the house. You know, we're, just, we're celebrating Black History Month, which is every day for us as yes, Black History. It is. Month. And we just wanted to bring forth some truth on the Bible, blacks
1: in the Bible. Praise God. Well, we really appreciate you and welcome those out there in podcasts and radio land to another informative session, especially about black history. We bring you great tidings in the Lord and his holy word, the Bible. Last week, we talked about blacks in the Bible and the way history uh, depicts blacks, because, you know, a lot of our history has been what I would consider whitewashed. Um, but in Psalm sixty-eight thirty-one, we read that um, over and over again, that princes shall come out of Egypt, Ethiopia shall soon stretch out her hands unto God. And, you know, black was not used back then. So a lot of times our history has been kind of colorized. But you had names like Ethiopia, when people said the name Ethiopians, they knew, automatically. They, right, they knew automatically they were black. Kushites, Egyptians, not the Egyptians there now, but the original <laughs> black editions before Christ, yes. um, to name a few and during that time period. History has been, as I said, whitewashed, not colorized, which only benefits one culture over another. Because a lot of times people will tell you, well, does it really matter whether they were black or white? Yes. If we want history to be correct, yes, it does. Because they came from ancestry that looks like me, We emphasize the colorization again of the Bible and, of course, how whites have changed history. We represented how blacks are represented or really represented throughout the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. Imagine that. We are there, ladies and gentlemen.
0: Yeah, from the very
1: beginning. Yes,
0: <laughs> in the beginning, and you know what? The truth shall set you free. Yes, it will, Without a doubt. You know, was, I, I feel honored to be able to share the good news of of um, Bible history, and our history is is based on geography, architecture, uh, both written uh, of, of not religious history, but uh, American, not American history, but. Uh, what I'm trying to say is that all history
1: well but not remember just we history but it, history in general correct, but remember as the Bible was the only source of information back during that time when you talk about the scrolls and things of that nature, we were filling fulfilling our promise as the people of God. remember the God loved the Israelites. He loved them. He loved them. And all he wanted them to do was to take on the peoples, basically to teach them about God and his statutes. And basically, it's our fault. Yeah. Because we didn't do what we said we were going to do. And as a result, everything, as in any case, you know, families are all mixed up and situations happen and people aren't truthful about the past so this is just part of learning this is just part of knowing what your true history is because we all have a set or a a role to play in this world history but it's when the end comes that we'll all know the truth because they said when we see him Uh oh we will look just like him,
0: and we're not here to bring division or animosity between one race or another. If anything, we're trying to unify folks because uh, just like with that, As- the Asbury revival uh, going on in Kentucky right now, that's going on for about a week now. Yep, where uh, right after church, uh, during church service, uh, there was a praise and worship, and you know, you ever get in the presence of the Lord where, where you just want to just. Be in his presence. And 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 that's what we're trying to, to share. So those folks who are at Ashbury and now spreading to other colleges, just think if this news that we're sharing with you right now spread the gospel, we will be attracting all types of people, yes, young, old, white, black, Asians. It doesn't matter because this is God's word, and when you're in the presence of the Holy Spirit, it ain't about color. It's about the power of the of God being with you. But go back to uh, you know blacks in the Bible. You know, let's start with Deuteronomy seven six through eight, and I'm going to read scripture. For thou art a holy people unto the Lord thy God. Now he's talking, to who is he talking to? He's talking to the Israelites. Yes. The Lord thy God hath chosen thee to be a special people mm. unto himself above all people that are upon the face of the earth. Now those Israelites are descendants of Adam, Enoch, Noah Abraham Abraham, Jacob, mm-hmm. Isaac, these are the descendants. These are this is who uh God is talking about. The special people. The Israelites are the special people. Jesus came forth to call his special people together, plus the Gentiles right. who who lost their minds through wars, through uh annexation, through yes, all kinds of Lost stuff. their religion. And they take on the religion of the conqueror. And that's what's happening today. We're all under the religion of the, of the conquerors. But the Lord said, going back to uh, uh, verse 6, The Lord did not set his love upon you, nor choose you, because ye were more in number than any people. For ye were the fewest of all people. Mm. But because the Lord loved you, and because he would keep the oath which he has sworn unto your fathers, hath the Lord brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you out of the house of bondmen from the hand of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. And I think about it you know, Moses came along and took everybody out, and then what happened? You know, when further on, when you read Deuteronomy, um, it uh, shows how, um, you know, if you obey the Lord, yep, and if you don't oh, disobey the Lord, and he talks about how you're going to be put in bondage and ships and going across the seas, you won't know your folks no more from the past. So, and that did happen to us, and that's why we're all in the
1: issues that we are for being disobedient, yep. Yeah. still disobedient oh, after I heard about the Grammy Awards and what was oh, the other um, Super, Bowl. Super Bowl
0: it's so Rihanna with her red plastic bag on <laughs> come on doing devil symbols it comes on doing mm. oh, so man, let me stop getting
1: back to Blacks in the Bible at? oh <laughs>
0: that's what we talking about okay praise God well I <laughs>
1: wanted to bring up Song of so- Solomon or Song of Songs 1-5 because Solomon himself so you know about history. he says, "I am black." Mm. But calmly, O oh, ye daughters of Jerusalem." So and he's who? telling all the women that <laughs> he black and he handsome, as the tents of Kedar As the curtains of Solomon. And it's interesting, uh, uh, Qadar is really an Arab, ancient Arab tribal confederation during that time. So he was crossing over too. That's why he went insane at the end of his reign uh, because he was uh, over across the river. (laughs) messing that's with the women yeah. and wasn't supposed to who anyway, mess around with 800 women it can't be in his right mind that's <laughs> important and he taking on their gods too yes I did but I just awesome, want to never love him uh wanted to talk about uh one of the features within scriptures of the Abrahamic religion where they uh these kadars uh, appeared in Hebrew and Christian Bibles and the Quran, So, they were a very important people during this time. They were nearby the Canaanites and, and the Armenians. Um, they were part of an empire of the Neo-Assyrian Empire. So, all of this is integrated that that region, remember, Christ walked that region too. Yeah. That we are talking about those people played an important role in the development of where we are today in this world. But anyway, getting back, we wanted to talk about one of the um, particular blacks of the Bible, and that was Ebed melech and that was Jeremiah. And you remember Jeremiah? He was the prophet God gave to His people. He was charged with delivering some very unpopular news. Yeah, he did. The king of they didn't like it. Yeah, at all. well, and just like anything, most of the prophets during that time were delivering God's word, and it wasn't always pleasant. But the king of Babylon was coming. He was trying to tell them, "You're going to be conquered," and he would conquer Jerusalem. Could you imagine hearing that news? That's almost like sitting here today talking about America, Mm. that China is coming (laughs) and we may be conquered. You know, everyone got started
0: with uh, balloons right
1: now. Yeah. How about that? (laughs) Now, that wasn't funny either. (laughs) But look at how sometimes we're so caught up in our own world, not necessarily a good one because of just all of the current things that are happening in this world. But that people would not hear him. So for hundreds of years, God's people had been super flaky with him. <laughs> they were like, yeah, right. Yeah, that's what we're doing right now. Yeah, right. God's coming back. No, he's not. We're going to do what we want to do. They worshiped no, no, him. About yes. And be devoted one minute. And then we're running off to worship and serve the false gods of their neighbors the next. And that's in our music, in our dance. And now they're so flagrant about it that now people are talking about during, I think it was the Grammys, that they did a Satan,
0: yeah,
1: uh, dance, yeah, the guy, ceremonial. Yeah. Um, so what are we? We're not saying anything that hasn't already happened in the Bible. So God was fed up with all of their shenanigans, and conquer, and a conquering enemy king would be their punishment. As is often the case with those who deliver bad news, of course, Jeremiah wasn't very popular, especially with the king. Finally, having more than they could take, a few advisors of the king convinced him that Jeremiah needs to be put to death. The king says, in effect, do whatever you want. These rural advisors take Jeremiah and drop him down a well. Mm. There is no water in the deep hole, but there is plenty of mud. And to make sure starvation kills him instead of the fall, they lower him into this hole by rope. You know, the prophets went through hell yeah, they to did. get to deliver God's word. Mm. Jeremiah is left there deep in the mud with no food water, or room to move. Enter Ebed-Melech. The Bible says he was a Cushite servant of the king of Judah. He was black. Where is Cush? Many scholars associated with the kingdom of ancient Ethiopia, meaning Ebed-Melech was a person of color. In an earlier prophecy, Jeremiah rhetorically asks if a Cushite can change his king color, inferring Cushites had dark skin. You can read it in, for yourself in Jeremiah thirteen twenty three. So a black man saved Jeremiah.
0: You know, further down in Jeremiah chapters thirty-eight and thirty-nine, uh, Ebed Melech seeing this injustice. He doesn't just sit on it; mm. he goes directly to the king. That's right—that same one who gave the okay to throw Jeremiah in the hole in the first place. And the petition, and he petitioned for Jeremiah's life. Praise God! Yeah, you no, know, Ebed, and the, the, are people teaching on this stuff? But Ebed Melech. <laughs> He's not a friend of the king. He is no crony or abbot follower. He's a court official in service of the monarch, willing to risk his reputation and his life and asking the king to reverse his decision. When you go up to a king or a monarch or a dictator and you go against him, you put your life on the line. Yes, you do. You know, uh, Meshach, Abednego, uh, and Daniel, the whole story,
1: they should know that king... He tried to kill them one by one. And, and he, I love the part where he threw them in the fire. And he was looking closely to see they get burned up. And he says, I see a fourth. And they said, oh, King, we are okay. Because Yeshua is with us. Could you imagine? That's faith. That well, must seed faith. Yes. And,
0: and, and, and that's why we have, you should not, when you have the Holy Spirit with you, you should not have the spirit of fear, Mm. but a power and authority and a sound mind and feel confident no matter what the king decides. My faith is so strong that if I am put to death, I did it his way. Yes. And God would always protect me for everlasting, everlasting. So a pretty passive guy he was. You know, the king, do whatever you want. That's what he said, do whatever you want. And he and he finds 30 men to help him rescue Jeremiah, 30 men led by Ebed-Melech. The prophet is pulled up from that mud and definitely certain death. The Almighty is pleased with Ebed-Melech's efforts, announcing through Jeremiah that though Jerusalem will fall, I will rescue you on that day, and you will not be handed over to the men you fear. You know, the bottom line I'm hearing from Ibn Malek is that he was responsible for justice. Yes, he was. When it comes to racism, white believers too often place the mantle of justice on the government Mm. or on elected official or on a court system or on someone of higher authority. You know, Ibn Malek risked his life and limb to right a wrong. And it's time for us to do the same for our brothers and sisters of color.
1: Well, it's just like anything else. We teach our children to be fair. We teach our children to be about righteousness and doing the right thing. And I know when we raised our own four children, there was never an issue of color involved in any of our circumstances or their friends or anything, but they knew right from wrong. And a lot of times when things didn't look right, they would stand in the gap for their friends or uh, in school situations and that's the kind of thing that we're talking about that's where Ebed Black did he risked his own life as you as a believer would you do the same because sometimes we say we'll do it but when it comes down to the nitty-gritty would you so another black that we are talking about in history is Simon of Cyrene yeah, a lot of folks know about it, but do they know the details of yes, Simon? Yes, yes. And, you know, Jesus was brutally beaten, and on the day of his uh, execution, to add insult to injury, he was forced to carry his own cross through the streets of Jerusalem to the place of his execution because that's what they used to do to uh, criminals back then. You had to carry your cross and then once you got there, you were nailed up mm-hmm. um, for your punishment. And that was a horrific punishment because when you look at the accounts in history of what happened to you, you can't breathe yeah. when you're hung up on the cross. You you try to pull yourself up, but how are you going to do that when your feet are bound, your arms are bound, and you basically, yeah, suffocate, because you, I mean, that's terror, that's holy terror, it's always, I'm always amazed at how man can come up with these dastardly situations that they impose on people that they're trying to uh, control, but three accounts of this day make a note of a man named Simon, who gave Jesus respite, or respite. Luke 23, 26 says, the soldier seized a man. He I'm didn't even volunteer, in there. there. Right. I'm, looking, I'm looking, I'm <laughs> looking. Simon of Cyrene and placed on him the cross to carry behind Jesus. Since Cyrene itself, the area is located in Northern Af- Africa, it seems at least very possible that Simon was a man of color. And they probably also picked him because he was probably buffed. Because at that point, Yeshua was beaten. He had a, crucif- uh, a crown of thorns on his head. He's weak. He needed someone strapped to pick up that cross and carry for him. Mm-hmm. Simon disappears from the story as quickly as he appears. But the example is extremely powerful. And you know it. On the most important day in history, he literally carries the cross of Christ. In America, it's easy for those of us that don't experience systemic racism to forget how prevalent it really is. And I know my own children, um, all my children experience it in some forms. My daughter, when she went to the movies, a woman snatched the money out of her hand. It was a white cashier. Well, Jamil took and snatched the money back. Because she wasn't taking that kind of insult. And I know my son, he wanted to go to a birthday party with one of his good friends. That he was in, invited. In, right, to Right. Uh, he was in elementary school. And all I know is he had the gift. It was all wrapped up. And he was back like in 10 minutes. And he said he couldn't go because the grandfather who was paying for the birthday party told him he couldn't come in. So, those are times in history where we have to talk about it with our children to have them understand what is happening. But here you had- That was sad. Yeah, it was. Because uh, he was hurt. He was hurt. He because that was his totally best did. friend. Yeah. And he and the little boy, I mean, we lived in a, a white community. Um, we were one of two families, that uh, black families that lived there. Yeah. Uh, they became best of friends with the other two boys that were there because of sports. But it's just like anything. He didn't see color, right? It was the grandfather who was the issue, yeah. Because even the little boy didn't see color, because he was looking forward to Malcolm. Why didn't
0: you come to my birthday (laughs) party? (laughs) Right.
1: But you know, it's easy for us to ignore what makes us uncomfortable, or to choose our own news sources based on what we want to hear and not we need to hear. Simon sets a powerful example I'm trying to follow myself. Even Christ accepted help carrying his cross. Our brothers and sisters of color have been carrying a heavy burden for hundreds, thousands of years of myself. Now is the time for us to help shoulder it. Don't wait for a passing Roman shoulder to prompt you into action. In Galatians, Paul, an early church leader, says exactly the same thing carry each other's burdens he writes and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ and you can read about Simon in Matthew 2732 he's written in three of the Gospels mark 15 21 or Luke 23
0: 26 you know when I think about the, how he Simon was there uh, as an observer and then called into uh, to participate uh that was a heavy burden but one that he really couldn't say no
1: yeah cuz he was forced into it
0: and uh and the fact that uh you know he was blessed and when he returned that's why Epiotia to this day is recognized uh as a very christian uh, uh yes it is to the, this
1: day the, even the ark of covenant is still they're saying that they got it. They're one of the few believers that are still practicing mm-hmm. Christianity the way Christ intended it from way back then. So you know when he had Jesus' blood on him mm-hmm.
0: from that cross, mm. it came off that cross onto him. Plus, they were touching together. Yeah, Simon was anointed.
1: Who, but what by the Blood, the blood, the blood, the blood, it shall never lose its power. Well, I think we got one more to get through, Pastor. Before we, well, we'll we'll try to uh, let's
0: talk a little bit about the uh, the Epiothian eunuch, you know, that's powerful eunuch, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) But the New Testament portion of the Bible starts with four counts of uh, the life of uh, Yeshua. Uh, uh, You have uh, the next book after the the four uh, prophets are Acts and details what happens right afterwards. It's a full movement and excitement as the church begins to form. I know there is a lot of confusion, a lot of hurt, a lot of angst. People running, people scared, and it's just amazing. All those people was praising Yeshua. Oh, he healed me! He healed me! And as soon as uh, religion stepped in and and uh, and 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 killed him, everybody dissipated. Every you know, just just hurt, confusion, no no purpose. What do we do? Anxiety. I can imagine. Um, what people were going through then. At the beginning of Acts, we find the story of an unnamed man known simply as the Epiothian eunuch. And the Bible says he was uh, a court official of uh, Queen Candace of mm. Epiothia. And so as, a, as a, an official, he traveled all on behalf of the, with the mm-hmm. Queen's seal. And he was returning back to his homeland after visiting Jerusalem when he came across Philip. Who was a disciple of uh, Yeshua? Who actually spent time? I mean, he Philip was there for a long from the beginning. And directed by the Almighty, uh, Philip was directed by the Almighty to go
1: approach the eunuch's chariot. Uh, pay attention. He followed God's word. God spoke to him, and he went and did it. Yeah, boy, that's something else. And plus, when he did follow the word, he
0: only. I mean, wasn't he trans- He transformed? He was he transported. Was one, he was mm-hmm. transported. He was one place. And he ended up somewhere else. And the next else. thing you know, at the blink of an eye, he was, at, he was where the eunuch was at in the chariot reading uh, ancient prophecy taken from the book of Isaiah. And Philip asked the man if he understood what he was reading. Mm-hmm. And the eunuch said, how can I understand someone uh, unless someone guides me? So Philip climbs into the chariot, and it wasn't about race or anything else like that, and unpacks the ancient scripture, showing how it pointed to Yeshua as the Messiah. The eunuch overcomes, cries out, look, there's water. What would keep me from being baptized? That's faith. Now, this is a watershed moment, and the chariot stops, and Philip and the eunuch, they get out and go into the water. And the first non-Jewish believer in all of Scripture is baptized into the faith. Mm. It's a black guy from Ethiopia. For all who dare to wrestle with this story, the Ethiopian unique sets a compelling example of asking, believing, yes. and acting. Praise God! As a as a white folks, sometimes don't understand. It's not easy to have a conversation with people of color. Now, one thing I can say about being here in Durant, (laughs) Oklahoma, and JC and I, we've traveled throughout the world. And Durant is one of the most unique places where we're. There's not a lot of black folks here. Nope. We
1: only make up less than uh, three, four, five, five percent. percent. Yep.
0: So when you see another, when we see another black for person here in the county, hey, you, <laughs> you know, you speak because we don't see too many folks too often, unless I see my cousin next door, praise God. <laughs> but white folks here will have a conversation with us about nothing. Nothing. Yep. I mean, just about you can have a. I mean, old folks, white, young folks. I mean, people will—they're not intimidated by the color of our skins, right? And we find that now we know it's out there and all that kind of stuff. But we're just so thankful that God placed us here uh, to be a witness that there are good people all around. There are good people all around. I know we're backing up on time. Yeah, well, maybe we want to go through this story about unique maybe for next
1: week yes and we'll we'll follow up because i think it's important for us to understand that blacks are in the bible that how important a role they play whether they were israelites whether they were unbelievers whether they were if if any way that they were approached or heard the word about yeshua they became a believer so, Pastor, how are you going to close us out? And then we'll come back next week, finish up with the rest of our Blacks in the Bible, because that's going to be the last week of Black History Month. Mm-hmm. But just know you can be a part of this ministry as well by going, writing us at stonebhr at gmail.com or our website, welivingstones.org. So, Pastor? I
0: don't know if I know that we're back up on time, but and there's this revival going on in Asbury and I just pray for that revival to, to continue. touch everywhere. I say, oh Lord, I thank you that the earth is yours and everything in it. I pray that we will all turn from our wicked ways, including me first, mm. and return to the true and living God. We declare the coming of revival in our land. Lord, may you awaken each of us that have fallen asleep that we may worship you in spirit and in truth. I pray that our desires will be godly desires and that we will seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. In the
1: mighty name of Yeshua, I say amen. Amen. Tune in next week for the rest of the story. We'll be back.